Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another Chuck-hating episode of Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Chuck, the most hated host on this show, alongside of me, the beloved Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going on this dumb bleep Friday? It's pretty good. You know, this like sets the tone for the whole weekend for everyone. Yeah, just as much negativity as possible. That's uh, the way we try to set it up. Well, laughing. Yeah, laughing at the true. negativity and yeah. how dumb people can be. That's a good way to look at it, for sure. I'm because, doing, you know, there's sometimes there's no answers, except mm-hmm. for that's dumb. That's true. Like, you, you can't even argue with it. Well, it is, uh, as we alluded to, it's Dumb Leap of the Week, where we get to go through the dumbest stuff that some people said over the week, and the people in the live group who joined by going to goodmorningliberty.locals.com get to vote on which one of those things was the dumbest thing that happened this week out of the things that we have selected we can't cover every one of them Jeez, it's 2022 how are we going to cover every single dumb yeah. thing that happened it's not possible that would be a 24 7 news cycle <laughs> Just, oh, dumb. <laughs> that's not a bad that's idea not a bad idea at actually. all that's the next company that would start 24 7 news just covering dumb things that people <laughs> said yeah I like it. Yeah. That's a good news channel right there. Submit your applications to be an anchor. All right. Well, um, let's see. I guess I'll go ahead and get us kicked off with number one. We're going to get out of here and have ourselves a fine weekend. This is you'd a morning be, show. You'd probably be way. banned on YouTube Yeah, for having a probably. dumb show, even if it was comedic. Because you would have to make fun of some of the things that you're not allowed to make fun of exactly. anymore. Like people doing making stupid covid decisions and stuff like that we got to check and see if they're going to allow some of our old episodes that they wouldn't allow before since we've been proven right on everything so far (laughs) i don't know when they're going to uh, update their guidance there on youtube can you resubmit (laughs) maybe be like hey the cdc now backs this claim yep so can you uh can you take away this strike now they have cdc or who on there and so maybe if the who isn't backing it up they won't do it all right don't bleep Number one, all right, this is from NBC News. Now, this is going to be a two-parter here. There's a couple things going on. Now, the headline title. Actually, this is Dumb Bleep number 1.2 that you're going to cover. Yes. Dumb Bleep number one is me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Chuck. So, Dumb Bleep number 1.1 is Charlie being here and doing the intro and everything for the show today. Yep. I bet that's going to win. All right. Dumbly number 1.2 is uh, from NBC News. They fought critical race theory. Now they're focusing on curriculum transparency. All right. Now, this is the new push that we're getting. I think it's a good push, but some people on the left, some Democrats are not happy about it. Here's what they want to do. They want you to put online what your curriculum in the classroom is going to be. Some schools already do this. Uh, A lot of schools don't do this. Colleges kind of do this already. You can look at syllabus or whatever, stuff like that. But now people are pushing for K through 12 schools to put this up there. And Democrat activists are upset in particular. They're worried that doing this is going to quell the free speech of the teachers so free speech advocates are saying that this is a bad idea because teachers have 
First Amendment protection to be able to talk about whatever they want in the classroom. To your kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that your that tax dollars are going to go you're to. paying for it. Yeah. So uh, that's one point. Well, I guess it's 1.2 because you you are 1.1. So that's 1.2 is the idea that the, the teachers have this free speech right to be able to teach whatever they want. Not publish what they're not teaching. Tell the, not tell the parents what they're teaching. No. I'm it's, sorry, teachers, all you teachers out there. You, you don't. You, you're being paid through, first off, through um, extortion of all of your students, parents, and a whole bunch of other people who don't have kids. Don't get my wife and I started on that because we're paying for a lot of kids to go to school. All right. But you hate children now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've made that pretty clear. <laughs> okay. So you don't get that. You, you need to be able to put your curriculum up there because the parents have a right to know what it is that you're being taught. If you're in a free market, I don't think that the private school would have too much of an issue with putting up the curriculum because they're trying to win your money. All right, but when you talk about people being forced to pay someone for something, I guess you have a free speech, right? That's weird. The teachers' unions are out there fighting that right now. And in this article, by the way, they also talk about how their first push was on critical race theory. They draw all of the correlations to the Virginia governor's race. And of course, as NBC News is obligated to mention, CRT is not a real thing that's being taught in any schools at all. So this is just another push for something that doesn't matter based on an idea that isn't being taught in schools. Also, in other news uh, associated with this dumb bleep right here, Virginia public school students are made to play Identify your privilege bingo. So Charlie and I are going to play identify your privilege privilege bingo here okay. in a second. Just a little bit from this article from the uh, Washington Free Beacon. Students at Fairfax County's Oakton High School were asked to self-identify their privilege for an exercise. The district says was intended to provide students with an opportunity to reflect on their own experiences while building their critical thinking skills. So... Their critical thinking skills, uh, all of these things based on race and how if you have all of these privileges, you're automatically going to have a leg up in life if you win bingo on this. And if you don't get bingo, you're not going to do well. Just so you know, critical race theory is not involved in schools whatsoever. Not a thing. It's not there. No. Not even a thing. Okay. The bingo card contains Who, squares based on race. Does everyone get the free space? Uh, is there is there a free space? Yeah, right in the middle. Right in the middle. Everyone gets it, I guess. Huh. Okay. So everyone has at least one dot of privilege. Contains squares based on race, identity, socioeconomic status, family life, and included categories such as white, military kid, parents are married, mentally healthy, cisgender, have your own bedroom, Christian, and able-bodied. The district initially defended the lesson plan. Assistant Superintendent... Douglas Tyson said that the card came from an approved Fairfax County Public Schools English curriculum lesson and was an adept vehicle to push student thinking to challenge authors' thoughts, conclusions, and to sharpen their ability to critically read selected text. I don't know what that had to do with the, uh, the authors there. By pointing out their privilege. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That- Oh, God. Okay, so uh, I, I got a little bit bigger version of this. Let's just see how we would do okay. here on this uh, this. Bingo. We get the free space. Okay. okay. What else That's are good. we gonna parents are married? We don't uh get no. get that one. Don't get that one. So um let's see. Never worried about food. I don't get that one. Not yeah, I guess it put yourself in the context of a uh let's say third grade. Right now we'll just say third grade. I don't know what grade they were doing it. Okay. I 
So uh, here's a personal, do you want a personal story? I would love one. Yeah. The first time I ever was picked up by the cops, <laughs> I was three years old. Okay. And we were living in Louisiana at the time, Louisiana. And my mom was a single parent and she, I thought she was at work. The story goes now. She claims that she was actually out grocery shopping and uh, she dropped us off at a horrible babysitters. <laughs> One of our neighbors used to babysit. She was terrible. Yeah. Basically didn't want, we did whatever we wanted. I've got a worse babysitter story. Well, for you, but go ahead. Well, I like, we were very poor. And so I had the wherewithal, like I need to go get food for my family because we don't have any bread or milk and stuff. And so I went, the reason why the cops got called one, I was three years old rummaging the streets of Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> and two, I tried to steal or actually, no, I tried to pay for a bread, milk and a Snickers bar Yeah, with like six pennies and they wouldn't sell it to me. It's really, even joke. back then I thought with back inflation then, that would have been okay. <laughs> That's what I thought too. <laughs> Not old enough, I guess. So the, um, the cops came Lafayette, where cd mcray is from how there about that and so um yeah i was i was rummaging those streets and uh the cops picked me up and my bike and i got to play with the lights and sirens and i remember my mom falling to her knees when the cops took me back mm. yeah it was a okay a so you don't get story. that square i don't get that square okay it's a personal story another person i completely made that up obviously because i'm white but babysitter story for you. I used to have a babysitter back when I was at a very young age that as soon as my mom would drop me off and my mom would leave, she would take me and lock me in the closet with the lights off and keep me in the closet for the entire day. I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. And yeah. I told my, uh, my parents about it and they didn't believe me for, for a while. And one day, eventually my mom decided to check up on my story. So she dropped me off and she left and then she immediately came back and came in there and, you know, was yelling, came in the closet, got me out of the closet, took me out of there. And um, I only went there for a few more weeks after that. And then I, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> anyway, uh, past the babysitter stories. Let's see. Drive or get driven to school is is on here. <laughs> nope. I don't get that one. <laughs> Born in county of residence. Yeah. Uh, country. These yes. are spots on the bingo card. Feel safe around police officers. For the most part. Okay. Able-bodied? Yep. All right. We can get that. Never lost a loved one? No. All right. Male? Yep. Uh, female or anything else? It's not not, not on here. No, All right. females aren't privileged. That's right. Military kid. Very privileged class of people. Mentally healthy. Questionable. Yeah, we don't know for sure. <laughs> no speech impediment. <laughs> Um, employed, employed, <laughs> um, let's see. Both parents went to college. Nope. White uh, on yeah. here. Yeah. Christian, mm. Christian privilege, yeah. never been racially profiled. Mm. Um, read the rest of the fucking squares. <laughs> so, Is this racially profiling? <laughs> Is this racial profiling? Involved in extracurricular activities. Oh yeah. Have your own bedroom. Mm. College is the expectation. Mm. Heterosexual privilege. Uh, comfortable walking outside alone. And a native English speaker mm. are all on there. 
So that's your bingo card associated with dumb bleep right there. I, you know, the biggest issue I have one, it's not, it, it's not very nice to the, uh, the, the white, anyone who can pick anything off of there, not super nice one to make them feel bad versus their other classmates. Uh, it's not guaranteed that checking off all of those things is going to give you some type of privilege or leg, leg up in life. Statistically, it might be true, but on an individual basis, it, that's definitely not going to be true. It will be sometimes. It won't be others. And also, what if you're a, a minority student or or whatever, and you're checking this off? Like how you're either going to feel really bad about yourself, or you're going to have a lot of hatred and resentment in your heart after playing this bingo card because once one of your white friends hits bingo you lost the game and of course the game is life so i don't know it's just pretty ridiculous all it does is create divisiveness and animosity and look folks honestly i mean it's i i hate that they're doing this for kids obviously but let's let's talk about the truth here life is extremely unfair there are so many people who have a hell of a lot more advantages than you ever will Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's people that are, you find the worst person in society, there's going to be somebody else worse off somewhere else. Okay, like the the gap between the idealized most successful and the, I guess you could call the idealized worst off is pretty wide. And it has been that way through all out through human history. It's that way among planets and stars, by the way, it's that way among animals and anything you could possibly think of. Okay. And so that's the, the, it's a fundamental nature of existence. Yeah. Is that life is unfair. People, but like you said, it doesn't guarantee any type of success whatsoever because just because you have opportunities in in front of you, regardless of whether you're privileged or not, doesn't mean that you're actually going to take action and, and be successful in executing those opportunities. Yeah. That's why, um, 80% 80% of wealth is squandered by the third generation. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are, your grandparent, your grandkids are going to piss it away. And then what happens next? The Their kids are going to be a lot less privileged than your kids and your grandkids were. Yeah. So then what? You know, it, it's just a, it's just a very um, terrible thing to teach kids. I think it's extremely sad. I, uh, I certainly do agree and uh, my, my biggest thing, it's not just how it makes, say, the white kids feel, you know, because I'm not that worried about that. We're all privileged, I know. Uh, but I am, I am more worried about how it makes people who aren't white and straight and male and all of that feel, everyone else, and whether or not you're setting them up for a good life by telling them that, uh, you know, this is who's going to make it right here in life. Are these privileged people? Are you, are you going to win bingo? No, you're not. All right, that's only dumb bleep number one, and we have seven of them, so we have to go. We need to read their apology, though. They oh, said, they apo- oh, yeah, that's right. We apologize for any offense it may have unintentionally caused. Mm. What a great apology. Go to your wife, you fellas in the, in the group, and be like, I am really sorry for uh, any offense that I unintentionally caused. I'm sorry for the way that you interpreted what I said. Yeah. <laughs> what they're saying exactly. everyone knows that apology yeah. works mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. for sure i'm sorry for the way that you took that that sentence but it's your fault 
I am sorry for unintentionally hurting your feelings. Okay. See how that goes. Let's get on. I, I intentionally gave this one to you, Charlie. Okay. Here you go. All right. So dumb bleep number two. Uh, first grade student made to mask for speech therapy in Washington school. This makes a whole lot of sense. So McDonald said that when she expressed concerns about masked speech therapy, her son Beckett's speech therapist replied that having to speak with a mask on is in his reality. It's his reality now. So now you have to learn how to speak with a mask on. Um, Ariane or Ariane. Ariane McDonald told the post millennial that her son who attends Port Gardner and receives a speech therapy at Mill Creek elementary, both in the Everett school district has been required to keep a mask on while working with a masked speech therapist to comply with what she has been told is a mandate issued through democratic governor, uh, Democrat, Democrat governor, Jay Inslee McDonald said that when she expressed concerns about masked speech therapy, her son Beckett's speech therapist replied that having to speak with a mask on in his, I think it's is his reality. It says in, but oh, it doesn't it does. make any sense. Luckily, Beckett has been able to receive therapy privately in addition to a school-based speech therapy and wear a shield along with the therapist. McDonald said that she found a private office that does not put masks or shields on the patient or therapist, but added that many parents do not have the insurance of financial means to afford private speech therapy. So imagine learning how, trying to learn how to speak if you have a speech impediment and then being required to not only you have to wear a mask but the teacher you're trying to watch and learn how to make sounds and if you've ever seen speech therapy right um what they do is they point to the different ways your mouth move when you're making certain sounds for instance with parker we're working on his name parker because he says tarker or carker he doesn't want to say the p because he doesn't want to put his lips like this if you're watching on video, if you're not watching on video, go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Um, to say a P properly, you kind of have to curl the bottom lip. P, P. So Parker, we overemphasize that with him. So I'm like, Parker, watch me. It's Parker because he doesn't want to pronounce uh, pronunciate everything. Um, and so it's very important for kids who are in speech therapy to actually be able to visually see uh, what their therapist is doing, except for in Washington, obviously, because yeah. masks now are the reality for children around the globe, and we will forever <clears throat> be in masks. Forever. No. So you have to learn to speak with them, and if you have a speech impediment, well, that's your fault. Now, there's, uh, there's several things in here that are also just scientific contradictions one that you need to be able to see the person's mouth and they need to be able to see yours to see what you're doing two what exactly are you protecting are you protecting the kid are you protecting the vaccinated speech therapist who has a lower risk of dying from covid than a whole lot of other things that they have a risk of dying from all the time um do the masks actually work if a kid has been sh is showing up in a cloth mask are you sending them home or saying that they can't do speech therapy because cloth masks don't do anything and so are you actually are they actually following any science here or are they just following their their belief the the branch covidians out there following their their beliefs in 
the the science gods that have told them <clears throat> exactly what it is they have to do. I think that's what's uh, I think that's what's going on right now. So anyway, I knew that you would have some personal stories on that. So the- I did see this speech therapist on TikTok who has been she I guess she created her own mask because it's a normal cloth mask, but then she replaced the middle part with plastic. So yeah, she could still like make. She was doing a Pinocchio, like trying to get the kid to say Pinocchio, um, and the kid kept going, "Pika, pika, pika, pika." Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, this, uh, by the way, also in the article said the speech therapist said they did have a clear mask, but that it they didn't wear it because it just fogs up, so it doesn't matter. So that's what you can't see their mouth. Anyway. Yeah, you can't see their yeah. mouth after it fogs now up. Now, just think about what this is doing as children are growing up in this environment, and what and then what she's saying, like this is his reality. Like what they what these folks believe is that we will just forever wear masks, and what kind of like they do in Asia. What they also believe is that all of the risks of COVID that this likely vaccinated speech therapist has and the risks of COVID for the kid that is in speech therapy outweigh the idea that your kid is going to spend the next 60, 70 years of their life not being able to talk like everyone else and potentially having a speech impediment, that those risks for them of COVID are more important than your kid actually learning how to talk. And then, then they won't be able to fill out the square on bingo. Yeah. That's true. Because they'll have a speech impediment. I'm just trying to make sure that people can't check those boxes on the bingo. Okay, Dumbly number three. Hang on. Amanda called out my myth. So in a lot of Asian countries, they wear masks in super crowded spaces, not in schools or inside most inside places or whatever. So I know, I saw it on the movie to, once they were wearing masks, so it seems true to I me. I see it on the news <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. You know, you just see the, the markets and stuff where they're walking around with masks on, but perhaps I miss I was misguided. Okay, from I haven't, uh, I haven't done a study on mask we, wearing in Asia over the last twenty years. We alluded to this yesterday. That was dumb bleep number two. We alluded to dumb bleep number three yesterday, which is that CNN is creating a team dedicated to covering misinformation. I don't know if that just means that they're going to do more news, <laughs> or what that means. Uh, but anyway, they said some very exciting on Twitter. Alex Kopelman, who I believe was a managing editor for CNN Business, something like that. Uh, some very exciting media jobs to tell you about. I'm hiring three people for a... This managing editor of CNN Business had to go to Twitter to f- hire three people for a media job dedicated to covering misinformation. And uh, let's see, what do we mean by covering misinformation? Really, it's about covering reality, the uses, abuses, and distortions of it, the people twisting it, and the effect that it has on all of us. We already do a lot of important work on this. We want to do more. Uh, Jesus. It's they're good. They are really good. Yeah, let me tell you, they're good at this. Yeah, I it's one of those things where I don't know whether or not I'm mad or I'm impressed. I don't know which one it is. We just had that CNN article that we uh we showed the headline yesterday. I can't remember exactly how they covered that whole um <clears throat> the study from the CDC. But it was, oh, here it is. I still have it. I was seeing if I could bring it up. Here's how they covered. Now, the, uh, the CDC released information saying that, the, um, that natural immunity was twice as effective versus the vaccine at preventing COVID infections and preventing COVID hospitalizations. All right. But of course, there's a risk associated with getting COVID. 
So they're not trying to tell people to get COVID. But they said, when the Delta variant dominated, vaccination and prior infection protect against COVID-19, but vaccination was safest. That's how they presented what the CDC just released, which was that natural immunity was twice as effective at uh, stopping infections and hospitalizations. Was that vaccination and prior infection protect, but vaccination was safest. And it wasn't. Well, it was safest if you take into account the idea that you, like if there was a world where you would never get COVID and you would just take a vaccine and you would never get COVID. And so taking the vaccine would be safer than getting the COVID, than getting COVID to get immunity. Those, if you compared those two things. So they decided the vaccination is safer than, uh, than getting natural immunity. If you were to set the out to try is, and get natural they immunity. They didn't say safer. They said safest. Yeah. Yeah. They said safest, which is wrong. Completely yeah, um, wrong. I wonder if weird. they're going to do their own news. Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> well, <laughs> if they fact check their own articles and stuff, that would that would be pretty good. I, I'm guessing that they're not going to be looking at misinformation coming from CNN. Completely unrelated. Here's Dumbleat number four, Charlie. All right, from CNN Business. I just have one more thing to say about oh, Dumbleat. Go number ahead. Three. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I know you're trying to move the show along. But, but what do we do about this? Because this, this like stirs some type of angry, crazy inside of me that mm-hmm. I can't articulate. It's, it's like, um, it's like how you feel when you're being gaslit. Yeah. But like extreme levels of it. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't articulate what you want to say, but I feel so incredibly maddening angry. It's, it's the way that you feel when you are basically dealing with a lot of propaganda and you can clearly see what's happening, which we'll deal with here when we talk about Joe Biden's speech um, from Wednesday night here in a second. We'll, we'll talk about the same kind of thing. It's when you can, you can see what the reality is. So you can see it. The people listening can see it. You know what the reality is. And you just see people blatantly lying about stuff or you see them out there completely spreading misinformation all the time and then announcing that they're going to have a department of misinformation to call out everyone that's spreading out misinformation. It's It's, mind boggling. It's 1984 type stuff like war is peace, freedom is slavery. Um, What's the other one? Uh, Is it ignorance? I can't remember. Ignorance of strength, maybe the other one. I can't remember what that is. But that's that's the kind of thing that these regimes do, that authoritarians do, that people who want control over others do. It doesn't matter what the reality is. They present this reality, of course, that they are the ones that are on the side of truth. They've got their ministry of truth out there, and that is the way that they can keep people controlled. And it is it makes you very frustrated because... You, when you fight back against this kind of stuff, you end up looking like the person that's crazy when you're doing this because really because they came out first with it or they're the person in authority that's saying that they're going to fight misinformation. And instead you're saying like, no, you're, you guys are the ones that are doing this all the time and you end up looking like the crazy person out there. And of course, when they're in a position of power at the same time, they can do a good job making you look like you're crazy also. And uh, yeah, it's very... It's very frustrating. It is. We need a misinformation, misinformation team. Mm. So perhaps gotcha. we'll be hiring three folks too. CNN. Totally unrelated note. All right. Dumb bleep number four. Should the government control the price of food and gas? From CNN business. From CNN, <laughs> by the way. 
With annual inflation running at a four-decade high of 7%. Now, what is that 7%? Where do they get that number? Mainly from the CPI, which is the Consumer, uh, price, consumer index. price Index, which takes uh, basically all the different goods and services, a bunch of different ones, and they do like a weighted average of that and do some calculations. So that's where they get the 7% increase. Um, and midterm elections approaching, price controls could feature in future debates about how to reduce prices, particularly if actions taken this year by the Federal Reserve fail to tame inflation. Limited price controls are present in the U.S. economy today. Some cities cap rents or the amount landlords can hike them each year, while government agencies limit the price that some mono, monopolistic utilities... <laughs> monopolistic, I'm, sorry, I'm guessing. Monopolistic uh, utilities charge. Now, isn't it weird that they mention rent in the places that have rent control or some of the highest rent places Ever. and lowest supply of houses that you can possibly find? Now, it's also, there's also correlations there because that happens to be in places that are very overpopulated or densely populated. So, of course, there are going to be shortages of places to live when that happens. But I will give one credit to CNN. I wanted to put this out there because of the general idea that's happening that we need price controls. CNN, actually, I would say over half of the article was quotes from economists about how price controls would be a bad thing. Okay, I'm going to say... Over half of the article, they even had a quote from a from University of Chicago professor in there about how it would be a bad thing. In general, what I'm worried about here is this is something you see the media do as they start to slowly introduce these ideas. And when you look at the articles, you're like, oh, that's crazy. These people are fringe, like out there suggesting crazy stuff. And then they slowly it creeps in and creeps in and it becomes more mainstream and more widespread. And eventually you've had enough of those articles, enough people mention it, that it's not that crazy anymore. And, and that's what I'm starting to see with the price controls thing. Again, as we get the, the guardian was the one that had the article that we talked about a few weeks ago, CNN doing this now, <clears throat> I'm sure other people have as well. And eventually you start to get a few more of them and a few more people start seeing that the that things are getting real expensive. And of course, the the population who's not paying attention to economics is like, yeah, sure, I'd love for you to cap the price of the things that I'm buying all the time. How would that hurt me? Mm -hmm. uh, you just make it to where it doesn't get any more expensive. That that would be great. Not realizing the consequences of, yeah. of supporting something like that because they don't understand the economics. You know, I saw... Um, this video the other day, this girl, I showed her to you as well. I call her MMT girl, but I don't, yeah, she's a modern Burbank theory. something. Uh, anyway, she was talking about how basically this inflation is people are getting it confused. This is not hyperinflation that is devaluing our currency. This is just a normal inflation that the Federal Reserve has under control and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, wait, you're telling me. This has nothing to do with the fact that we printed 40% of all the dollars in circulation ever in the history of the United States in the last two years, that we spent $6.6 .6 trillion last year. Not it. This has everything to do with supply chain and low uh, or high demand and low supply. That's, that's, that's what you're telling me. There's nothing to do with the fact that we printed a bunch of money and are devaluing our currency or anything like that. Nothing to do with that. It's just like, it blows my mind 
that someone with such a high degree who has a TED talk yeah. that, that misses some of the most important economic truths that are out there. She's starting to get called in by news channels and stuff too, like becoming an official economics oh, correspondent on things. I've been seeing her post about that. I actually had a video of hers that I was going to put in dumb bleep uh, today, but I didn't have time to, to get it together since we were going early. But we will cover some of her videos because uh, I've seen some pretty ridiculous stuff. Okay, um, back to... So you guys probably saw car Carhartt trending on, uh, on Twitter. Now, now, listen, some people will disagree. They've decided that they're going to continue to require vaccines for their employees despite the Supreme Court ruling. The Supreme Court ruling did not say that, that employers are not allowed to require their employees to be vaccinated and said that the government couldn't do what the government was doing. And so that's what they said. So anyway, they said that despite what the uh, Supreme Court ruled on the OSHA mandate, they're still going to have their mandatory vaccination program. They say, we put workplace safety at the very top of our priority list, and the Supreme Court's recent ruling doesn't impact that core value. We in the medical community continue to believe vaccines are necessary to ensure a safe working environment. Now that believe word is going to be important. That's the second time we've talked about believing something. And I mentioned the science gods earlier. We continue to believe vaccines are necessary to ensure a safe working environment for every associate and even perhaps their households. While we appreciate that there may be differing views, workplace safety is an area where we and the union that represents our associates cannot compromise an unvaccinated workforce is both a people and business risk that our company is unwilling to take. All right. So here is the uh, the belief problem. The reason I mentioned the belief thing is that uh, they don't they're they're starting to really lack the scientific data to back up their beliefs. Yeah. If they weren't already, uh, we know that as a vaccinated person, you can get COVID, and even if you don't end up being hospitalized or whatever, you can still spread it to other people. And so, first off, you're not stopping vaccinated people from spreading it even to other vaccinated people while you're there, let alone the unvaccinated people. We just got the data from the CDC saying that natural immunity uh, was actually working better. We know that, uh, what was it, after three months, I think it was three months, you get to negative efficacy right now with the vaccines against Omicron. But you still have people talking about this belief that workplace safety hinges on the workforce being vaccinated. And I just am starting, I'm starting to get really annoyed by this because now, listen, you already were, but you're dealing with a religion right now is what you're dealing with. You know, if, if you're someone who's atheist and you went and talked to a Christian about how you got no proof that there's God or whatever, um, you, the, the person that you're talking to has a belief, has a faith, there's no argument that you can make to that person anymore after that. They believe that there's God no logic. exists. There's no, there's no logical science-based argument that you can make anymore. I'm not trying to have a conversation about religion here. I'm just saying that's how the conversation is going. They have a belief. That's it. And that is what we are definitely seeing. We've been seeing it for a long time. And that is what we're definitely seeing right now are these people who just simply have a belief and it doesn't matter what data they get presented with. They have a belief that the that a vaccinated workforce is is uh, very very important for workplace safety. Even though we're not we're not seeing it right now, just not seeing it. Well, I think I think Carhartt's messing up here because 
They were large. The large majority of their well, but you know, it's become uh, trendy to wear Carhartt stuff for the youngins out there. You know, the they got their Carhartt beanies on and stuff like that. It's not just your farmers out there. But who actually purchases the majority? Who's their demographic? Yeah, I know, I know. That's why people have been talking about boycotting Carhartt. Which whatever, do do whatever you want to do. That's and look, fine. Carhartt's a private company. If they want to mandate vaccines, they surely can. <sighs> Them's fighting words for although, our group right there. Although there is a healthy debate around that. Uh, Nicole, um, who I haven't seen in a while, she hasn't been here in a while. Probably she's mad at me for my <laughs> beliefs. But She heard you were going to be here. Yeah, but anyway, she brings up a, a really good point um, about a few things. So I think there can be a healthy debate over that conversation. Um, however, they're not, like as you mentioned, they're not taking the science into effect. Well, if you're going to make if you're going to mandate vaccines, it should only be for the folks who either want to get vaccinated or have not previously been infected. Like yeah, you should at least count natural immunity. Exactly. You should yeah. count the post-infection immunity, if you want post. to call it that. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get rid of natural immunity. We'll call it post-infection immunity. And if you've had uh, an infection, a prior infection, then you should be good to go. Um, the uh, the by the way, this tweet had. 2000 retweets it was the one the first one that was showing up when i was looking at this topic yeah, i know it's kind of a rando tweet but the it went really far wow carhartt i'm impressed and i will be purchasing from a company that cares about protecting all its workers thank you for not making this issue political and for believing in science we need more companies like yours he definitely made it political yeah it's not political, and thank you for believing in science. Yeah. Now, she's not talking about the actual scientific process or like the data or anything. She's talking about mainstream yeah. media science. She's talking about Lord Fauci. <laughs> she's a Fauciist. That's <laughs> what she is. Yeah. So exactly. Anyway, I felt like that was anyway that was dumb bleep number five. We still have two more to go through, and Pretty they're sure she hosted. She hosted a. Um, a live sacrificial goat offering on her Twitter feed the other day. To the science gods? Yeah, to, well, to science. To science. There's not multiple. There's only one. Fauci. There can be only one. Okay. All right, uh, dumb bleep number six. Charlie, I want to hear your thoughts on the Senate. Be thinking while you're watching this, just whether or not checks and balances or the Senate or anything is important like that. Uh, because this is Stephen Colbert and Elizabeth Warren talking. Here we go. If you can't get rid of the filibuster, what about, and just hear me out here and try to okay. hear this objectively. I'm ready. What if mm -hmm. we just get rid of the Senate? <laughs> and I'm 100% serious here. It is the most anti-democratic institution next to the judiciary because the judiciary is only the way it is because the, the Senate, Senate is the way it is. No one would drop a single tear. You've already got tenure. You can go back to your old job. You'll be fine. Spend more time with Bailey and Bruce, okay? I, I, have I don't understand what possible positive purpose the United States Senate provides right now. Okay. What was her answer to that? I don't know. That was a clip right there. Mm. I don't, I'm sure she defended the Senate as long as it goes the way that she wants it to go, more than likely. So... Your thoughts on, let's see, there's no possible, there's no positive 
purpose, no possible purpose that the Senate provides. Now, while we talked maybe earlier, it's in the, the week, most anti-democratic institution. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Very anti-democratic. You know what everyone's mad about is the filibuster. And you can probably have a healthy debate about the filibuster, but essentially you're going to have a vote on deciding whether or not something's going to have a vote. Okay. And, and you can, you can block stuff from coming to a vote. That's for, that's for sure. And they decided they're going to filibuster something. And uh, that's just been the rules here for, uh, for quite some time now. It's uh, only been gotten rid of a couple times. By the way, the Democrats didn't really seem to like it. Uh, last time it was gotten rid of, it was, uh, it was uh, gotten rid of by Mitch McConnell, I believe. Uh, Harry Reid invoked that their nuclear option for some judiciary appointees also. And what's really weird is we end up having this 52 senators now that don't want to get rid of the filibuster. So that's what they voted on. And people are very upset about that. And it's a weird thing because people think that we should be able to have 50 votes tied plus one with Kamala Harris should decide everything in the country, but it's anti-democratic that 52 senators decided not to get rid of the filibuster. I have a hard time getting those two things together to make sense in my mind. Well, because democratic means, Nate, that you should follow, that, that the vote should line up with my beliefs. Yeah. That's what, because you, you see yourself as part of the majority. And so the, the majority should rule in these people's opinions, right? Now, we have to remember, first of all, uh, the founders set up our government in a way, they did their best, let's say, to set up our government in a way that made it as difficult as possible to take away people's rights, right? They made it really hard to get bills passed, they made it really difficult um, to change anything inside of government um, and then made it even more difficult to change the Constitution mm -hmm. because they know the, the natural tendency of people with power is to give themselves more power. And what does is, what is, uh, power lead to? Um, I don't know. Corruption. Absolutely. Right? Absolute. Yeah. Yes. Um, what's is it? Absolute, absolute power, power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So that's the old that's the old wives' tale from the uh, New Zealand from Lord wives' tales. Yeah, exactly. Where it came from. Yeah. And so the the founders understood this because they just looked throughout history and were like, okay, well, anytime we've had something decent, it only lasts for a little bit because people in power just keep becoming more and more tyrannical. So they made things very difficult. And originally the Senate was set up as the higher chamber of the two houses, right? They're, they're a little bit above the house of representatives uh, because uh, they were to represent the state's interests in what was changing. So you have uh, different interests in the federal government. Now, remember the federal government was created by the states. Okay. It is a union. It's a union of all the states coming together, and when they come together, they form this federal government. That's very important for people to realize because they don't think about things from that direction. They think that the federal government is this collection of the entire population of the U.S. and the states don't matter or anything like that. But that's not the way that it's supposed to be set up at all. Now we got the Seventeenth Amendment in there that 
screwed everything up, which yes. we talked about maybe earlier in the week. Yes. Again. So did, then they made the 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 senates the senators by popular vote because things were taking too long. Whatever they were able to squeak that type of thing in, but you have in in deciding um, the overarching power of the federal government, you had uh, different interests, right? You had obviously the interest of the people, which is represented by the House of Representatives, because we don't live in a democracy. We live in a re- representative a representative a republic. Um, that uses a democratic process. However, it's not a true to democracy. And then you have the interest of the state because the state doesn't want the federal government to do certain things that eliminates their interest and power, right? Because you have to view the states as countries. They're sovereign that collectively decided to, to come together on certain enumerated things. And they didn't want they wanted a process to be able to expand that, but they wanted it to, to, to remain difficult so that that it wouldn't go outside of its enumerated bounds. What's interesting is that the states had to ratify the 17th Amendment. Just an interesting yes. thing to, to think about there, that they basically ratified an amendment giving up their vote on their interests in mm. Congress. This is the negative consequences of doing things like this. They didn't realize that by doing this, all these other things would actually happen. And so it's a, it was a, it was one of the more atrocious things I think ratified in the constitution right behind the income tax of the 16th amendment. So 16th and 17th amendments, really terrible, mm. really, really terrible. Yeah. I don't like them. Okay. That's a dumb bleep number. Well, we should just get rid of the Senate. Yeah. It's anti-Democrat when they vote. I mean, you do realize that like you don't have a vote where like, 49 senators get to vote and they win over the 51 senators. Mm. Like that's not a thing. Is it that happens Mm. like, Oh, we got 49 votes. So we passed this law. Yeah. Is that a thing? No. Okay. What they do now is they're looking because they got to find any, any argument they possibly can. They're now looking at the populations that those senators are representing and they're saying that the the Democrats represent something like 35 million more people than the Republicans do. Of course, the Democrat normally in really large population centers. So they're still thinking about it from the exact wrong standpoint. When you're looking at it on a population basis, you should be talking at least about the House of Representatives. That would be a lot more. Uh, that'd be a lot closer, and it is represented a little bit closer to how the those population dem- demographics come out. But that's not the way that the Senate goes. Well, that's how the House is based. Yeah, yeah, it's based and, off population. And what I think we should do is just get rid of the Senate, the House, and why don't we just have the president decide everything? You know, we vote for the president. We'll just have a popular vote. We'll vote in the president, and the president just gets to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I'm not an authoritarian. Okay, I believe in a democratic system where everyone. Uh, gets a vote and we don't want any kind of tyrannical powers. I just think we need to get rid of this stuff and give all the power to one person. Yeah. You know? Okay. That's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like all that makes sense. I don't see why it doesn't mm-hmm. really at all. Joseph R. Biden gave a speech the other day. We're going to talk about one of the main things. He started off his speech with this and it all went downhill from there. It started downhill and it went further downhill. After that, he must have been caught in a snowstorm. We created six million new jobs, more jobs in one year than any time before. Unemployment dropped. The unemployment rate dropped to three point nine percent. 
Child poverty dropped by nearly 40 percent, the biggest drop ever in American history. New business applications grew by 30 percent, the biggest increase ever. And for the first time in a long time, this country's working people actually got a raise, actually got a raise. People, for the bottom 40 percent saw their income go up. Most of all got a raise. Okay. So this would be more commonly known as a misinformation or propaganda, either one of those two things that you would want to call it. And we've pulled in some data here to go over this. Isn't this kind of like what we were talking about earlier, where it just kind of drives you crazy. This is where you could actually fact check something with missing context. Uh, The Washington post and AP did fact check and put missing context and half true and stuff like that on really? on these statements. Wow, yeah, they did. That's impressive because it's so glaringly obvious. Yes, it's annoyingly obvious when he does this. And now even some some uh, people more on the left wing are coming out and talking about this. What are some of the? Let's see. He talked about the wage growth, and we got people, especially in the bottom forty percent, that are their wages grew. More than ever, they're fine. The wages are finally going up. Now, in the bottom quartile, by the way, the wages, the real wages, did go up, although not quite as much. I've got a, I've got a chart on here. So if you're watching live, that's pretty helpful. This is uh, the blue right here. This is the lowest quartile over here on the left. The blue is November 2017 to November 2019. That's the blue, and it's the real wage gro- growth because something he's not factoring in is that wages went up, but we also are dealing with 7% inflation. I don't know what that actually was for the entire year, but 6 7% inflation, something like that. So the real wage growth for 17 to 19 was about 2.2% wage growth from those two years when we had the uh, tyrannical fascist dictator. And since then, uh, November 2019 to November 2021, the real wage growth for the lowest quartile was about 0.6%, something like that. And then when you move up to the second quartile, you actually are a negative wage growth, third and fourth, all negative wage growth right there. And uh, was a little bit over 1% for that second quartile. Now it's a little, maybe minus 0.2%, something like that. And this that. is real wage growth in terms of factoring in the purchasing power. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so this... It does, you, your salary could go to a million dollars, but if everything costs, and if everything costs the same, then yeah, massive wage growth. But if your salary goes to a million dollars a year and everything costs a million dollars or more, then the real wage growth is negative. Yeah. You lost money. So they're cherry picking their data. Not right only there. that, is he counting like the amount of money the federal government sent all the people who were unemployed? <laughs> more than likely that is it's, being counted in there. Yeah. I, I, that is speculation. I, I'm, but I, I would. That's the only way I can see the bottom forty percent of their their income going up. Yeah, now the, the wait, fact that they were getting uh, money from the federal government. Businesses are paying more because they're having such a hard time. They have to fight against people that were being paid to not work, and so you've got to make it more attractive to actually come and work. And so the the minimum wages or starting wages for people have gone up for a lot of businesses. And so that that did happen, but uh, also the cost of all the goods and services went up. Weird. I bet those things aren't connected. 
the <laughs> that actually happened. Uh, the other thing he talks about the unemployment rate. So the unemployment rate, by the way, I pulled in a couple of things in this was down at 3.9%. It was at 3.5% before the pandemic. But even the Washington Post says that this is mostly people leaving the workforce. And by the way, and then I pulled some stuff from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, non-farm employment has increased by 18.8 million since April of 2020. That's after everyone got let go. But it's still down by 3.6 million jobs or 2.3% from those pre-pandemic levels in February 2020. And so right here, I have a chart. This is an interesting thing that they're doing. I mean, we've talked about this a ton of times. This is an interesting thing. It's very frustrating thing that they're doing right here, which is they're talking about how much growth they've had since coming into office. And so this right here is the labor force participation rate. And as you can see, the line on the right side of the chart is higher than the line on the left side of the chart, indicating growth. Mm. By the way, that's uh, that's what you're looking at as indicating growth. And so this is roughly since Biden took office. That's the uh, the labor force participation rate, right there. Now, it's like something Parker brings home from school. So doesn't that doesn't that look good? Look how good of a job he's done. This is the fastest and most job growth we've ever had. Biden must be the best president that's ever existed in the history of the world. And the next chart includes what it did beforehand right here. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but this is the pandemic right here. And so then you have, as far as people working in the stock market, you call, you have what's called a dead cat bounce <laughs> on people, yeah. on people working. And so they've taken this period of time right here where it's gone up since then and said, look, this is the fastest job growth in history we've ever had. Look at how good we're doing. Isn't this amazing? So good. But if you look at this chart back here, we're still well below where it used to be. Good example from this the market. labor force participation. So I feel like that's a better metric to look at than the unemployment rate because the unemployment rate once you stop looking for a job, stops counting you as unemployed. Exactly. So yeah. it's it's always been a bogus number, a totally totally BS number. If your guy's in office, it's still a bogus number. And if your guy isn't in office, you'll say it's a bogus number then, mm -hmm. but it was a bogus number of the whole time. Just just so you know. So this is this is up. By the way, Charlie, did you know that Peloton stock is up ten percent today? Mm. Did you know that? Peloton, mm -hmm. all that running on those nice things, their stock is up 10% today. So I'll just draw another comparison. Now look at this chart right here. They're up 10% today. Okay. It's the largest growth. This must be a massive deal. For, they're doing so good. What a great company. That's amazing for all of their investors. You should actually pay their CEO more money and put all of your money into their stock because they've had this 10% growth today. Zoom out a little bit, and uh, this is what they did yesterday, is they dropped about 20% before that. Okay? Now, this is the same thing right here. Now, if I was working for Peloton, and I made a giant deal about how our stock is up 10% today, then would any of the investors be like, oh, wow, yeah, you're right. No, they'd be like, MF, I lost 20% yesterday. I don't care about you being up 10% right now. I'm down I'm 80%. Down. I'm down 80% from the highs. <laughs> I'm down right now. 
All right. So anyway, I just wanted to bring in that little example that happened right there. That's the same thing that they're doing with the job numbers and all of that. The new business applications went up by 30% since pulling from a time when who the actual F was going to start a new business in 2020. Wow, the new business applications are up 30% from a time when we weren't allowing anyone to do anything. We're so good at our jobs. This is so good. Keep us in office. And if you want to learn more about these stonk charts, go to mastermytrades.com. Now, um, I well, I talked to everyone this morning in the group about I've been talking about buying Peloton because they were coming down to a really good support level. But I had a stop loss at $29 for when that happened. They announced that, well, they didn't announce, CNBC announced that they were going to stop making bikes and treadmills because the demand wasn't there. CEO came out, said, fake news, not true. Fake news, CNBC said that we're not going to make any bikes anymore, and it's not true. But anyway... That's what's going on. Well, that's that's Dumbleep. We can uh, run back through these real quick. Dumbleep number one, CRT and uh, CRT bingo. Only it's not CRT, of course. It's just about how if you're not part of this privileged class based on your race and uh, sex and all that stuff that uh, you're not going to do as well in life. It's not CRT, though. Uh, so we've got that. Uh, number two, the uh, first grade student made to wear a mask for speech therapy while their speech therapist also wearing a mask. Super going to work. Number three is CNN uh, creating a team dedicated to covering misinformation. Okay. Number four is CNN uh, presenting the question, should the government control the price of food and gas? Number five is uh, Carhartt making everyone get vaccines because they believe in science. Of course. Number six is uh, Stephen Colbert saying that the Senate is the most anti-democratic thing we have and we should get rid of it because it doesn't provide anything good whatsoever. And number seven is Joe Biden presenting all of the most accurate and beautiful data that you could ever see. Oh, Joe. Hmm. I miss Joe. him. All right. Oh, hey, look at that. You already put all the numbers in there. You know, I'm, I'm stepping That's up my nice here. Wow. Have to click anything. That's awesome. All right. Well, y'all are getting your votes in. Those of you that are just listening to the show that are not voting, go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Sign up for the whole year. Get yourself a discount. Be part of the live group. Hang out with us. Chat with us. Vote on Dumb Bleep of the Week every single week when we do it, which is just about every Friday, because uh, that's what we love to do for our weekend is cover the dumb, laugh a little bit. So that we can enjoy our weekend a little bit more, realizing the dumbest things in the world. And if it wasn't for us calling them out, well, then you just wouldn't get that laughter. So goodmorningliberty.locals.com, go sign up. Uh, Nate is only going to be accepting the color neutral thumbs up on the Discord uh, here. So it looks, um, I think we have a clear winner. I think a very clear winner here. I'm actually surprised because I thought it was going to be closer than that because there were quite a few dumb... I thought Biden would, uh, would get more votes, but it, it appears that this clip from, from Stephen Colbert... I want to hear her response. Yeah, we need to look up and see what the response is. I don't know what if she said. you can't get rid of the filibuster, what about, and just hear me out here and try to okay. hear this objectively. I'm ready. What if mm-hmm. we just get rid of the Senate? <laughs> And I'm 100% serious here. It is the most anti-democratic institution next to the judiciary because the judiciary is only the way it is because the Senate is the way it is. No one 
would drop a single tear. You've already got tenure. You can go back to your old job. You'll be fine. <laughs> Spend more time with Bailey and Bruce, okay? I, I, have I don't understand what possible positive purpose the United States Senate provides right now. Say that five times fast. Now, um, possible positive purpose. Do you think they'd possible be having positive purpose? Positive. I can't do it. Possible positive purpose. Possible positive purpose. Possible positive purpose. Do you think they'd be saying this if they had a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate? No, of course they would. Do you think anyone on the left would be talking about that at all? You think they'd be talking about getting rid of the filibuster because it was a Jim Crow filibuster? No. They've used it to their advantage many times. By the way, this applies to both sides, Mm -hmm. just just so everyone knows. But more so, I do still think it holds true that the left is a little bit more hypocritical than the right, but they are both... Fairly hypocritical at times, depending on who's in power. Right. Okay. All right, y'all. Well, if you enjoyed today's show, then please, like I said, go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com, goodmorningliberty.locals.com. We've had some new signups recently. Excited to have y'all in the group. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Go sign up and join. Put your money where your liberty fingers are, your liberty typing fingers. Everybody's out there, you know, typing away, arguing Mm. and stuff on Facebook. Put your money. Where that's at. Come join Costco and hating on me and the rest of the group and loving and adoning Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Please do. Just receives all. Did you? You probably already got Valentine's cards sent to your uh, address and stuff. Constant love letters just yeah. being sent in. Yeah. Just, yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, if you want to do all that, that's how you do it. Uh, go to mastermytrades.com to check out more charts from nate as well and he's got so many videos on the website to teach you everything you need to know about stonks and i go live every morning go live every every single morning at 8 8 a.m central around about there yeah and so check that out it's a lot of fun and uh, if you do all of those things we'll be back again on monday hope you have a good weekend and a good morning liberty (laughs) 